0: Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the OutKick Network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: We're streaming live at OutKick.com and broadcasting across the great OutKick Network on this wonderful radio partner. Crew's all here today after the blowouts last night on Monday night. Bills over Titans and then eagles over vikings recapping what, what has been a, a crazy and fantastic nfl week two and to help us do that john mcclain gallery joins us with all the news notes headlines and injuries then suspensions that you can use john hope you're doing well
3: i'm always doing well guys if i was any better it'd be illegal <laughs>
2: well <laughs> we'll put it to the test um what a great week too! What a great start to the season with some of these games through weeks one and two, John. And uh, Miami becoming the, the talk of the, of the league after Tua's performance in that fourth quarter with his receiving core coming back on the road and beating Baltimore. And then that tied right in with the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills, dismantling the Rams in the second half in week one, 11 days later, uh, throttling the Tennessee Titans in prime time. It, it it sets up for what's going to be an epic game on Sunday.
3: Buffalo going to Miami, people take Miami for real if the Dolphins can pull off the upset. The thing that got me Sunday, first time in history, three teams have come from 20-point deficits in the fourth quarter to win. Some of those games were just astounding. I thought the way college football started, that the NFL wasn't going to be able to keep up, and the NFL has been just as exciting – unless you're an AFC South where the best team just might be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think Chad tweeted this earlier with a seven and 10 division winning record.
4: Yeah. It it may take seven wins and that's it uh, to win the division. How do you handicap the division right now, John? Who, Who would, if you had to start over, make a bet for the division winner in the AFC South, who's your pick?
3: I can't believe how bad the Titans have been. I expected them to lose handily at Buffalo, but, man, oh, man, Tannehill, and then taking Derrick Henry out of the game. You know, it's two times Henry's not been able to produce the way he has in the past. And then the Colts, my goodness, to go to the Jaguars and get beat 24-0, even though it was a seventh consecutive loss for them at Jacksonville, to me, it makes that 20-3 fourth-quarter lead the Texans blew even more exasperating because they had the Colts beaten and allowed them to tie it in overtime. But right now, this division, I would think Jacksonville looked really good against the Colts, but it's happened before that any of the teams other than the Texans, because I don't think the Texans are capable uh, could win the division and we joke about a seven and ten record it might actually be eight and nine and that would be embarrassing because right now it is the worst division in the nfl john i'm not remembering where you were on
0: tua heading into the season remind us of that and tell me how much what he's done so far this year has moved you on him i'm trying not to be rash i, I was not a tua guy and uh it's hard not to look at at what Miami's done so far and take some steps in the other direction. He's been quite impressive.
3: Don't you know they're bummed right now that they didn't get Deshaun Watson? Remember the trade or deadline Herbert. was November, November 2nd. They had a trade worked out for three ones, a three and a five. And that deadline was Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central on Thursday. Stephen Ross, the owner, said, "Okay, we're not going to do this deal unless all 22 civil suits are settled. Up to that point, Watson wouldn't hear about settling. So he said, "Okay." he wanted to go to Miami. No trade clause. He turned down Philadelphia. They got Jalen Hurts. And uh, he so anyway, he agreed to do it. And they went around the clock. Four of the plaintiffs would not uh, reached settlements because they didn't want to sign non-disclosure agreements. They called it off. They got stuck with Tua. And after knowing how bad the Dolphins wanted him, it made me think they didn't have a high opinion of him. And that's what I went into the season, without a high opinion. Despite Tyreek Hill saying on his podcast multiple times, he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Now Tyreek Hill looks like a genius and that's saying something. And I'm happy for Tua talking about Loa because he's endured a lot of criticism. His own owner didn't want him. His former coach didn't want him. And now Tua is the toast of the town.
2: 200 yards passing in the fourth quarter. What, four incompletions? It was like 11-15 or something. Four touchdown passes. Uh, Ties a single-game record for touchdown passes in in the Dolphins franchise with six. Just a tremendous comeback. In a game where Lamar Jackson – I mean, for all the fantasy football players out there, Lamar Jackson scored more fantasy points than Tua Tagovailoa this week. I mean, that's saying something considering how great that second half was for Miami and the fourth quarter in general. But, John, the the Dolphins now gain a lot of momentum at 2-0. Buffalo looks like the real deal. They've started by beating back-to-back teams that won 12 games a year ago. I don't know if that's been done. And... Meanwhile, there's a lot of teams looking around like Cincinnati. Cincinnati, who spent all this time refreshing and upgrading their offensive line. Uh Burrow has been sacked 13 times through two weeks. And they're 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 losing to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. There, there are a lot of head scratchers going on, and uh, that's what makes the league so much fun at the beginning of the year.
3: Let's go back to Baltimore. Ravens ran off long time defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. I don't even know who they have now, but my God, they look like they were playing with a bunch of rookies on defense. They had so much miscommunication, especially when they should have won a game. That had to be very frustrating for Lamar Jackson. But the Ravens will bounce back at least offensively. They should still be good. Um, And I look around the league at some of these things that happen. I'm not surprised by the Bengals. Super Bowl losers are losers the next season. And I blame a lot of this on Zach Taylor. How many three-step drops do you see the Bengals taking? How many times has he dropped three? Boom, the ball's out. They're still playing five and seven-step drops. I read where 13 of the sacks, four were Burroughs fall for holding the ball too long. But this is something that's got to happen strategically where they're not playing that deep drop and sending out all receivers. They're going to have to keep people in to help out Burrow because right now he's getting happy feet. That happens to any quarterback to continually takes a pounding. And I'm kind of surprised by that up front. I thought they'd have issues, but as much money that they invested in that offensive line, you'd think it would have been better. And right now it's one of the worst in the league. Mike McDonald is the Baltimore defensive coordinator now.
4: I get Ken Wisenhunt flashbacks watching Cincinnati's offense with all the deep drops and zero protection. Uh, from the offensive line. No speed line. tech, though. Um, Jets, what a win, John. We talked about those 20-point comebacks, but to me the most improbable is Joe Elite Flacco himself leading the Jets right down the field and winning the game against Cleveland. Now you're looking at that New York, New Jersey area. And they're they're 3-1 on the season to start with the Giants starting 2-0. We haven't
3: been able to say this much, but what a great time it is to be a sports fan in the New York, New Jersey area. Jets 1-1, Giants 2-0. Aaron Judge is trace, chasing Roger Maris' American League home run record. Yankees have the second best record in the American League to the Astros. And the Mets, Matt Scherzer won last night. The Mets could win the East. It's just a great time uh, to be up there until the, until the Brooklyn Nets start to play, and then it'll all go down the <laughs> toilet. But that's a different subject. I, I I uh, watched Flacco throw those four touchdown passes after he'd stunk it up in the first game. And if he keeps playing like that when Zach Wilson's he- he- healthy, do they he say, okay, Joe, thanks for the memories and put Wilson back in and maybe they're a terrible team again? Or maybe Flacco just had fast flashbacks to his Super Bowl MVP season and it was a mirage and he's going to come back down to earth in the next game. The Browns blew that game. They They missed an extra point at the end. Uh, You know, I can't believe Stefanski didn't tell Nick Chubb to go down or just take a knee, and Chubb admitted he blew it. And what's so strange about that, uh, two years ago, uh, Chubb, the, the Browns trailed the Texans, The Browns led the Texans 10-7. Clock was running. Chubb should have scored a touchdown. He went out of bounds at the one so they could run out the clock and win 10-7. That's what he should have done this time, and he accepted the blame for the loss. It's not his fault. It's the coach for not telling him to go down.
0: Agree entirely.
2: Well, and that's the example. So last week, Cleveland hangs on. They beat Carolina, and it's like, oh, this is the reason why, if they go 500 during this stretch without Watson, Maybe they have a shot at a wild-card berth, a seventh seed, which is now open for teams, even bad teams. We saw that last year with Pittsburgh. Um, but this is one of those losses you look back on. It's, it's at hand. Even at 31-17, even they should have just been running clock. I mean, you're in prevent defense, and somehow Corey Davis goes 75 yards or whatever it was on a bomb. Uh, it's just… 66. 66. It is… That's quintessential Cleveland right there. And the boo birds they were did out Did you guys… Unbelievable.
3: Did you… Did you guys hear the cheer when the Jets won it coming from Houston? (laughs) It was so loud we thought it was an earthquake because the Texans need for the Browns to lose because they've got another number one draft choice in the Deshaun Watson trade. And this was one everybody chalked up as a victory. So the more games the Browns lose, especially when they blow them, the louder cheers you're going to hear from Houston. That's about the only cheers you're going to hear from Houston other than for the Astros.
2: Zach Wilson comes back week seven, right, for the Jets?
3: Who knows? And right now for the Jets, who cares?
2: Well, so their upcoming upcoming schedule with Flacco, Bengals, which, again, who knows, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers. Bengals, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers. For anyone trying to jump on the Jets bandwagon, I present the next month of games. Um, they're not; Those teams aren't uh, going to give up the 31-17 lead in the final two minutes.
3: Nobody should be loading up a bandwagon after two games of the season, especially the New York Jets. And Flacco's going to come back down to earth. And when Wilson's healthy, they'll put him in there. And they'll be headed for another high draft choice. But they do have talent on that team which they showed and how would you like to be the browns and the browns fans who know how close they came to being 2 and 0 luckily for the browns every team in the afc north lost
2: the best 1 and 1 team in the nfc john i think it's san francisco cuz they go 1 and 1 and they upgrade a quarterback in the process <laughs>
3: Yeah, they got Jimmy Garoppolo, at quarterback. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. He would have been traded if they'd found somebody that would taken him. Nobody would take him coming off shoulder surgery, so they redid his contract, and his agent did a tremendous job. He gets, what, 250000 per game that he plays? So that's going to be like another $6.5 million, plus they agreed not to franchise him after the season. He'll be an unrestricted free agent, and if he plays well, he helps him go back. the championship game and he's not a great quarterback most of the time he's not even a real good quarterback if he were then Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have been so hot to try For Trey Lance, that poor Trey Lance, if you look at his last year at North Dakota State, one game, you look at him at the end of last season, I think he played two, and then he goes down the second one here, that would be three years playing only five games. Now he's young and he can get past it, but that kind of inactivity's got to have a problem when they want him to start next year. Everybody loves Garoppolo, good for him. If, he's the best, if they're the best one in one team in the NFL, good for them because there's a lot of one in one teams in the NFL right now. Yeah,
0: and that one-on-one question, the entire NFC North is one-on-one. The entire
3: NFC West is one-on-one. 49. I'm amazed at how many people, excuse me, Jonathan, how many people have written off the Packers. I watched before the season on NFL Network, I watched on ESPN, and so many people don't have them, had the Vikings win the division. I was amazed at how many had the Vikings winning last night over the uh, Eagles, Eagles. and the Eagles just annihilated them. And I think the Eagles now could run away with that division. But, man, oh, man, not, you don't want Kirk Cousins in prime time.
2: Coming up, I will, we'll discuss the Eagles and their their balance offensively and the, the Achilles heel for them on defense. Also, Cliff Kingsbury and Frank Reich and how one guy at least quieted some talk for six days. And the other guy better win soon. We'll get John's take on Frank Reich and the Colts.
4: I've also got TV ratings information between the two Monday Night Football broadcasts last Mm. night. Awesome.
2: We've got that all straight ahead with John McClain of galleriesports.com talking
1: NFL headlines on OutKick360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and i got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. Your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace, it's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user friendly platform puts you in control.
2: And we're back with John McLean of Galleriesports.com. You can follow John on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL news notes, rapid fire NFL headlines over the next 20 minutes or so. John, uh, Arizona, I, I've referenced this earlier in the week. I'm listening to Dave Pash on the play-by-play for the Arizona Cardinals radio network on my drive on Sunday, and he catches himself because the way he phrased the second half preview coming out of halftime they're down 20 nothing and he says he was asking uh one of the the halftime hosts what coaching change and then he stops (laughs) and he says what coaching adjustment can be made at this stage of the game so they're already i mean we know this they're already discussing kingsbury on the hot seat arizona comes back to win meanwhile in indianapolis this week and last week let's go back to last week they tied the texans In week two, they're going back to the scene of the crime where all of the blame rests at the feet of Carson Wentz from ownership on down. And not only do they lose to Jacksonville again, they don't score a point in this game. Frank Wright has the Chiefs this week at home, followed by the Titans at home. If you didn't know he's on the hot seat, you'll find out whenever, if, the Chiefs are totally capable of, Blowing them out. And then if the Titans win, after what we've seen from them and knowing their owner has done nothing but talk about two things all offseason, Wentz and the Titans. If that happens, John, Frank Wright, to me, the only thing that saves him is a Kingsbury moment like we saw in the second half in Vegas.
3: First of all, let's go back to Cliff Kingsbury. That wasn't coaching. He didn't coach him. They told Kyler Murray make a play. And he made a play. Sometimes I wonder if they didn't coach these guys and call plays and did like they did at the University of Texas for Vince Young. And they say, Vince, if your first receiver's not there, just make a play. And Mac Brown admitted that. And he, that's he what also, he did. He also, John,
0: he also, Kingsbury, after the five-yard penalty, which is ridiculous that they would get a, a delay there, is furiously talking into his headset like he's giving him – May, I mean, if he's telling him that, make a play, it's pretty short. It looked like a terrible me, operation to me run by Arizona. And I,
2: I don't disagree with either of you. The difference is they came back and won the game, yeah. and no one's talking yeah. about Kingsbury's job this week. Just like the Titans wouldn't be the worst team in the AFC South if his field, guy bro. hits a field goal in, in, week, in one. week one. And meanwhile, Frank
0: Reich,
3: terrible. his team's not making a play. Like, they look I should have been thinking again.
0: about it yesterday.
3: Well, first of all, Frank Reich and the general manager Chris Ballard are very popular. The media love them. The fans love them. Now the fans are restless. But if you, how many coaches do you see get fired if the media is praising them and saying don't fire them? I can't remember it, and I've seen a lot of coaches fired. I've been through eleven of them in Houston. In every case where they were fired. The media was demanding it. Now, of course, you got social media too. And Reich and Ballard are very popular with the people up there. In fact, one time, one writer yesterday, we all know very well, I'm not going to say who it is, he chastised a question about Reich's job security and said it was preposterous at this point to even discuss it. So Jim Irsay put him on notice after that Jacksonville loss at the end of the season that kept him out of the playoffs. But he's also been very, um, he's been, he'll, Jim Ursay will make a lot of noise on social media, but he's been pretty patient. And one reason is I'm sure he likes Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, too. But five quarterbacks in five years. You know, if Andrew Luck hadn't retired, would he still be playing? If he were, I believe we would all be thinking differently about the Colts. Sure. But Carson Wentz is one and one. The Colts are oh, one and one. Is Colts are probably he's talking about the way they are in Houston. Hey, they're only a half game out of first place.
0: How did they sell this offensive line as, as so good? I mean, we know Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith are good, but Matt Pryor, uh, Danny Pinter, I mean, this offensive line's been horrible so far, which is
3: a huge problem for Matt Ryan, who can't move. Which is unusual because they have three returning starters, and they're good ones, and... In, 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 uh, uh, the three guys have been out around there forever, and I think this, you bring in two new guys and they're not blocking well, the Texans got after Ryan enough where he had to roll out and actually run a couple of times to avoid being pulled down, and maybe Ryan's just adjusting to the system, And uh, but boy, he didn't look good until the fourth quarter of the Texans game when they came from behind after trailing 20-3, to three. and he didn't look good any time against the Jaguars' defense, but what are they going to do? Six starters and six shares for the new coach?
4: I mean, do Reich and Ballard have the media on the payroll? Are they giving them a cut of their paychecks? Like It's amazing to me the love shown to Indy uh, from media, there, and, and not just media and Indy, but Everywhere. Media nationally, and John, still, I, by the
2: way, DraftKings has them as the favorite to win the division right now. Well, and, and look, at,
4: and and John, you were talking about, you know, you can't remember a time where no one in the media was calling for someone to be fired, yet they get fired. Were people calling for David Coley's job after one year? Oh my
3: God, in oh, Houston, yeah. <laughs> me, me, <laughs> media, media members were. The I know you, Lovie I know. Smith. Again, what? I go. Media. You,
4: John, you are the yeah. godfather of all media in Houston. So whatever you say, I feel like. Is what Houston media is saying. You were not on the fire, David
3: Coley train. No, I thought he should have gotten a second a second season, uh, but I was in the minority. And I'll say here's what here's one of the things that Reich and Ballard do. And I haven't had this here since Gary Kubiak was here. They tell the media if you got a question, text us. If you need us to respond to something, you're going to write, text us. You know, you don't have to go through PR people. You don't get turned down. They treat the media great. You know, Chris Ballard has that thing at the end of the season where he goes over things with the media, talk to them before the draft, and show them things, not just talk. But they've been tremendous. I like both of those guys. You know, I hate to see them get fired. I don't think they will because this division is so bad that the Colts and the Titans could turn it around with one or two victories and take control, and I think it'll still come down to to, uh, them. And it's not like the Colts haven't started out bad before. Didn't they go like 1-6 in in 2018 or 1-5? We all – Wrote them off. Texans won the division eleven and five in the Colts. Yeah, and Andrew Luck came to Houston, beat him in a wild card game, which is the only playoff victory that Reich has, and that was in his first season of two thousand
2: and eighteen. Started zero three last year. Finished how they started last year, and then started how they finished this year. So I, I don't see. Weird. I don't see the change in whatever they've done when you know. Wentz was the sacrificial lamb, and rightfully so. He wasn't anything. He wasn't giving them a pulse in Jacksonville, but I saw a, a team without a pulse, which was, I mean, that's alarming. It's not like they lost the game. They, they were done. There, there was no comeback this week, and they repeated what we saw in the first, what, three quarters of Houston that was what was so alarming.
0: They're on-staff alternatives. Marcus Brady is the offensive coordinator. Gus Bradley, who is miserable as a head coach, is the defensive coordinator. Tucked and, away on staff as a senior defensive assistant, John Fox.
2: Oh, interesting. Gus Bradley, who now, was, the, uh, they, they, uh, Peterson ran laps around him last last Sunday.
3: They're a one-trick pony, and that's Jonathan Taylor. If you can get him weighed down or you can find a way to contain him, the Texans could not – And uh, the Jaguars did, you know, Michael Pittman, their only receiver, he missed the Jacksonville game. Their other receivers are Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. You know, they don't have a tight end who could step up uh, anymore. And they also don't have uh, another wide receiver. You know, it helped that T.Y. Hilton was there and he's not. So Ryan is in a situation like he was in last year in Atlanta where he has one receiver and that's it.
2: Uh. Chad, serve up the the Raiders' discussion to John because the Raiders give up the comeback uh, and they have the fumble. Winfro is in concussion protocol, return, touchdown, game over. But they're 0-2. They're in Nashville this week, 0-2 against 0-2 to take on the Titans. But the difference between the Colts 0-1-1 and the Titans 0-2, and if we're just serving up the the look at the AFC right now, even with all the Bengals in, the Raiders actually... Score points, and they have a a massive threat at wide receiver. I think you just served it up for him, John. Your thoughts?
3: They got a massive threat at tight end too, and Darren Waller. They yeah. got two receivers. They can run it. Derek. The problem is not Derek Carr, except he has thrown too many interceptions. And their defense can't stop anybody. So Ryan Tannehill's got to play a whole lot better. Have we seen any kind of report on Taylor Dewan after he got taken off? He was on
0: crutches uh, leaving the locker room yesterday. Uh, Vrabel said today, still waiting. But at the same time, he characterized Bud Dupree as not long-term. So we're not expecting great report.
3: What do you think the crowd's going to be for that game?
4: It's going to be a lot of black and
2: silver. No different than what it's always been when the Raiders play here. It's fifty-fifty at best. When it's
3: a team with a
0: good fan base, that good fan base makes a trip to Nashville. Oh, and there are plenty that's, of Raiders
2: fans a in great every question. city. In I was thinking about it this morning. Like it's, you know, it's it's you're returning home, but there will be a lot of black and silver, as Chad alluded to.
3: And look,
0: people get pissed off at this team. I think at a very quick rate. Like I've already got people on my site saying, "Well, that's it." You know. Uh, well, it's
4: that's just you I mean, in the AFC it, South. Give me a break. It's still uh, it's still a young fan base. I mean, relative to the history of but the they, NFL, but they, they won't
0: think like John saying in terms of the AFC South, they don't want to see that. They competed last year with Buffalo and the Chiefs. Yeah, I, and I, so that's there, what they a, expect.
4: There's a lot of that on our YouTube chat right now, and people tweeting well, us saying, "I don't want to hear about." Going seven and nine, seven and ten, or eight and nine with see South and getting blown out. I'm totally in the first with round. That. This, no, I, I, there are people I, saying I this season's already over to us because yeah. we're not as good as we were a year
2: it, ago. It, some victory lap that they play in the worst division, John. This is a team that's been building to compete for titles. And last night, they weren't even close to the team that's favored to win it.
3: I'd say this for Paul and Chad that in December, maybe early January. The Backstreet Boys and Pearl Jam need to schedule concerts there on Sunday so you guys don't have to watch the games on the road.
0: I had a tough time well, with the Pearl Jam set list. I don't know if I'd go again without some the, guarantees. The way,
2: um, right now, you can schedule it in January, and we'll all be Yeah, off. we'll all be hey, the
4: The way the Colts played on Sunday, if the Pearl Jam and Backstreet Boys teamed up to start a football team, I might bet on them. <laughs> against indianapolis right now so who knows the titans may have a shot uh mike evans trying to have a shot at playing john in this next game he's appealing he's not the one game suspension tom brady says on his podcast that it's ridiculous that he got suspended uh the one game what what did you make of the bad blood between these two teams and specifically between evans and, and Lattimore?
3: Uh, Evans is a repeat offender. They warned him last time, and it happened to be against Lattimore again, so he deserves to be suspended. And, of course, Brady doesn't want him suspended. They're so desperate, they're signing Cole Beasley, who's been in mothballs since he got cut at Buffalo. So they're hurting a receiver. It's amazing that they're 2-0. You know that Brady's taking off on Wednesdays, and then Todd Bowles. Hey, we let other veterans take off on Wednesdays. Well, that's your own. That is only your most important day for game planning, and uh, we'll see how that resonates over the rest of the season. But right now, you know, they look pretty ordinary to me. And I watched all of their Saints game. They didn't look like they're going to intimidate anybody with that offense.
0: To be clear, this is not a takeoff on Wednesday, veterans day off, stand back and watch the offense operate. This is a go attend to Giselle and the family. This is
4: go to Miami, um, then come back that night or early the next
3: morning. If she's in Miami, there was talk she was in New York last week with one of the kids, and he had the others. So he's got his hands full, and that promise he made to retire, and he did, and everything, I guess, was okay. She did that interview with L while he was retired. Now, things are not so hunky-dory, but if anybody can compartmentalize that, it's Tom Brady. Didn't Roger
0: Clemens was was it was he in Houston, John? Was he in New York when he got this deal that he didn't uh didn't travel if he wasn't pitching or he didn't have to be with the team until the day before his start. This is akin to that.
3: Yeah. That was when he was at the end of his career. And he was with the Astros when they went to the World Series and lost the White Sox in 05, and he had a deal like that. I remember spring training, he was able to drive to games if he needed to, and he had a driver. And uh, I think here, uh, because he's from here and his home's here, so all of his family was here, but they still cut him a good deal. He didn't have to travel when he wasn't pitching. It was a heck of a way to finish your career. So,
2: the. The, going back to the appeal of Evans, Ev, this is now the third time there has been some type of altercation with Marshawn Lattimore. He's already been suspended once before where Jameis Winston took a hit from Lattimore and then Mike Evans runs in and shoves him from behind and then they get into it. There's another scuffle after that in a, another game and then we have this one and it really are, it, it stems from, from Bruce Arians. If you really watch the play, And I love what Dennis Allen said. I'm I'm buying into all this trash talk where Dennis Allen is like, look, uh, he's he's talking about Arians being down there on the sideline. He's like, to my knowledge, the sideline is reserved for head coach, coaching staff, trainers, and equipment staff. And Bruce Arians is an advisor. He should be up there with the general manager, not allowed to contact anything going on on the sideline. And we have seats for him. And he's down there jawing with Lattimore. Lattimore then turns and jaws with Brady, who sees that going on. And then here comes Mike Evans back from the sideline because there's Lattimore talking again and Brady's getting in his face. But I was intrigued from the Dennis Allen stance and no one in the media is talking about Bruce Arians because God forbid anything negative comes out about him.
3: This is a legitimate complaint to me. Arians won't be on the sideline anymore. They lied and said he didn't have room in the press box for him. That's, that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. And he just didn't want to be down there. But I'll guarantee you, we will not see Bruce Arians on the sideline again. I, I mean, for Todd Bowles, that's just
0: weird to have your predecessor point that range.
2: Out. He is right behind the huddle during the 11 on 11 practice for joint practice where I mean he's very visible normally these advisor roles Jim Schwartz is some type oh, of defensive but you barely even to see him you know we didn't even know he was coming back this year he was so invisible and meanwhile Arians steps aside and is here for the joint practice work staying in Nashville I mean that's his own prerogative he's weird but it's he's definitely he's more than just advisor to the organization if he's down on the sideline John
3: if he's whatever Tom Brady wants him that's to right. be because this that's stories right. persist that Brady wanted him out, so he was out. And if Brady didn't want him down there on the sideline, he wouldn't be down there. But now that it's brought to the attention in the NFL, they will make sure that he's sitting in the press box from now on. And good for Dennis Allen I'm calling it out.
2: Yeah. And it, but again, like that is that's right there as the where where does this really begin? It you could say it began with Brady on the field, but from the sideline, Lattimore's chirping with the with the former head coach. I nearly said head coach. <sighs> I mean, it's very obvious where it all stems from. And uh, I was talking with Keith Bullock on Sunday night. He's like, look, guys trash talk. Like, Brady and Lattimore, that's no big deal. Evans and Lattimore clearly have some beef that has gone on for years. And then meanwhile, you have Arians over there stirring the pot too. He was like, look, a, a shove and a little scuffle, no big deal. He goes, I understand what they're doing. But for Brady to chirp back, I mean, I... That act, I think Brady's got to be mentally locked in like that to get fired up and go do it. Right after that, they go down and score. Uh It sounds yeah, crazy. the but, game, but it, it was the pivot point of the game. That team locked in after he's throwing tablets prior to that,
3: and he's not playing. This reminds me of well. a, I've got a story. Nineteen eighty four, Miami Vice was the hottest thing going in the country. Number one TV show, getting getting all kind of publicity. Don Johnson and. Philip Michael Thomas being the two leads. They're a Dolphins game. They brought the cast down on the sideline. As soon as they got there, Chip Namias, who left there to come to the Oilers for eight years, called down and said, "Get them off the sideline. Nobody's allowed on the sideline in the NFL unless it's club employees." And they're like, "But it's Don Johnson. I don't give a rat, You know what? Yeah. If it's if it's anybody but our owner." So they escorted him off the sideline. It got him a lot of attention.
2: John, do you believe more in the one-and-one one Detroit Lions or the 2-0 and o Giants?
3: The Lions over the Giants. The Lions lost and they scored 35 points in that first game against the yes, uh, Eagles. Eagles. And Jared Goff is playing great. Swift is running the ball well, and everybody likes Dan Campbell, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks devoted it to a kid with cancer. And so, uh, you know, who doesn't like the Lions who've won one playoff game since the 50s? Titans fans think they got it bad. Fans here think they got it bad. One stinking playoff win since the 50s. And because everybody likes Dan Campbell, I'd love for them to be a great success story, and I would put them over the Giants any day of the week. Sorry, Paul.
2: Upcoming schedule for Detroit at Minnesota home against Seattle, at New England. Uh, not, not based on 35-plus points, they, they got a shot. Games.
0: All
3: winnable.
2: Meanwhile, the Giants, I mean, they're winning 19-16, right? We're 21-20. But
0: their schedule's pretty... Yeah, pretty I, no, routine. I understand.
2: But it just, it's, a, it's a grind. And meanwhile, Detroit, they're opening up late. They did give up the comeback, but they answered. It was 22-15, I think. Washington scored 15 and then DeAndre you mentioned DeAndre Swift went on a, a nice run uh on a bum ankle and they go right back down the field and score and put the game away in essence. John um can't wait for week 3. John We've by got- the way
4: I was I was really hoping you were going to tell a story about Don Johnson starting a fight with Mark Duper when he was on the <laughs> sideline since we were going with the Arians uh, chirping story when you when you got into that I'm like did Don Johnson start a fight with someone in an NFL game? Either way still well, a great story.
3: He, he would have but he didn't get enough time to even Think about it.
4: you
2: taking the Steelers or the Browns in Cleveland on Thursday?
3: Boy, I'd, I'd, if Mitch Trubisky doesn't pull out a victory, I expect we're going to see Kenny Pickett the week after or whenever their next home game is. I'm going with the Browns over the Steelers because of their defense and running game.
2: Next home game will be the following week after the long weekend hosting the Jets. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the intrigue for me is how, to, how does Trubisky – Play, and are they comfortable in turning things over to Pickett and running with it? John, thank you as always, Thanks, and uh, we will catch up next week,
3: guys. Thank you very much as always. I appreciate you having me.
2: Got it. There's John McLean, Galleriesports.com, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Love having him each and every week with us. Coming up, uh, we will take a look at uh, realignment and the rivalries lost. We will also take a peek at uh, a, a adjustment to a rule. With the NBA and their C B A and what it could mean moving forward. And I you know, we could see an improvement in a way for college basketball. Or will we? Because now college can do the same thing the NBA can do, which is pay players. That's next on now. kick three sixty. Oh, kick three sixty rolls on. So, uh, the new uh, NBA CBA expected to lower the draft age back to what it was. You know, during the the Kobe era and come out Kevin of high school. Kevin Garnett, and, yeah,
0: straight from high school,
2: straight from high school, eighteen. And, yeah, and you can go into the into the league. Uh, you know, two three years ago, I would have said I'm all for it because, and and I still am because. You know, it helps college basketball where you don't have the one and duns because the teams with one and duns, they were winning titles, right? Or they're competing for them in the final four. I know Kentucky didn't win, um, and there's no shot at Kentucky. I'm just a recent example. Now,
4: <laughs> it just it's <laughs> no, hard. No, go ahead, get them. hard not to take shots at Kentucky. Get we're him, really not trying to man. take shots at them, but of course, they didn't win.
2: Yeah, uh, Mark Stoops would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but now it's well, in some cases, and we had Brandon Ride on what would it take uh, payment wise for NIL to keep you from going to, to match what you could get in like the, the G league. Right. And he was like, uh, 1.5 to something like that. And it was doable. if you really,
4: think, at if every you really big, think about that big number, program.
2: it's negotiable, right? Oh yeah. So, and you get more exposure that way. But again, like it's a different world where I don't know if this rule change really factors in all that much for a guy who may want to go the college route for one year to improve a draft stock that where he's guaranteed to be a lottery pick instead of a fringe first-rounder. So what we need...
4: Whatever, Some of these guys are locks. I, I get it. I don't know the deal with the devil that was made in baseball and the NCAA to have the perfect rule perfect. that either you come out at 18 when, you're, gra- when you draft, you're drafted out of high school or you go for three years. I would love to see that in college basketball. It would help the NBA... It would help the college game. It would help the college game immensely. If you had a select group of, I don't know, 8 to 10, maybe 15 high school seniors that would go in the draft, and then outside of that, you have all of these great players that stay in college for three years, and we are so much more interested in college basketball because you go back to the day where you have stars in the game. Yeah, that are are you? They're familiar with the program. I, I understand the transfer portal is still going to exist, and guys are going to move around. Don't care. It's going to help the evaluation for NBA teams a lot more to see three years of a guy in college. It helps both both leagues, NBA and college basketball. I really wish we could get that done somehow, where it's, it mimics college baseball in that way. I'm going to
0: be naive here for a minute. My, Michael Jordan initially, when he was with the front office, was with the Wizards. Correct. Yes. And who was the big guy that they drafted? It's part of his
4: deal to come back. Kwame Kwame Brown. Kwame
0: Brown. All right. If I'm remembering correctly, Kwame Brown, when he first came into the NBA, carried a bottle of French dressing in his pocket because he went to French restaurants and they didn't have French dressing. Mm -hmm. All right. That's how naive and inexperienced in the world he was. If you prevent him from going to the NBA just for that one year, I think you get some, I I don't know if he learns that French restaurants don't have French dressing, but he gets some kind of worldly experience going to a university for a year or going to the G League for a year. And, And my hope is out of that year, you get fewer sad stories like a kid wandering around Washington, D.C. looking for a French restaurant. But not having to complain that they don't have French dressing.
4: Well, see, you're Because that story, while it's yeah, funny,
0: is incredibly sad.
4: I think you're looking at it from a much more a wholesome point of view, Paul. That like Holistic. The, this is what will be better for the individual. I'm being completely selfish here and saying For the product. This makes me as a fan like both leagues more. Yeah. Because there's fewer... I think it can be both. It can fewer be good bus. for the sport and good for the kid. Well, you get, look, well I, the, I'm the not NBA to, is
2: allowed to tell the kid that French dressing is at French restaurants.
4: Why does it have to be at a college? I'm not trying to. And, and look, if Kwame Brown went to a college for a year or I two. I think you I just
0: mean, need to be a little bit older. That's why football really has it perfect because well, you have to go and physically mature. And while you physically mature... Thing. Kwame Brown should go to college
4: and still not know that because he's going to go from a a dorm or apartment to practice to a class. You know, He's not going to be out in the world that much. (laughs) I'm concerned less about that and more about both products being better. There's fewer busts in the the pro game this way. If you want to take a chance on an 18-year-old, you can. Very few will actually go to the NBA draft at this point. And if they do and don't get drafted, oh well. And the college game is so much richer with players that are in programs longer if that were the rule. I've been preaching this for a long time. I hate the one and done. I also hate trying to stop someone from making the most money they can if they're 18 years old. If you're that great, if you're a generational talent... And you want to go play in the NBA? Go. I agree with that, they but I think there go are so, a many, for one year. so many
0: agents and families that will be telling kids to go who don't need to go, well, see, that, who will the, get money, Brown but don't the end example. up on the I mean, bench and do nothing.
2: What would you say the over under is for years played in the NBA for Kwame Brown?
0: He probably hung around for six years.
4: 14.
0: Holy hell.
4: Yeah, he. It worked out, out okay for, for Kwame Brown. It did. He hung around for a while. Um, I, I would trade
2: the French dressing knowledge for a no, 14 there, year NBA. No, there are NBA plenty salary. of other
4: ones that, you know, went went straight to
2: the <laughs> yeah, there is a sadness
0: or, to the story. Uh, you, yeah. you get what I'm saying? But
2: like it, it, but if, it's not, if, but if he went to college,
0: level, he probably would have played 14 years and he would have been good. Yeah. I don't
4: uh, But here's, uh,
2: there are also guys who don't go to college that know the difference between French dressing and But a here, here's restaurant. where
4: I'm going to sound very Agreed. very, very crass.
2: You know, make six figures doing things.
4: I'm not condoning the agent who preys on a, on a poor family or whatever. Right. And right. Convinces some kid and their family that they're a first round pick and they're, they don't go drafted. That's not a good thing to do. I'm also not in the business of trying to protect someone with God given talent to be one of the greatest in their sport at making bad decisions professionally. <laughs> if that happens and that's the opportunity cost of it, so be it. If they go broke or they make the wrong decision, they've got options. They can go make some money in NIL in college and stay for three years. They can take their chances in the NBA draft. I just want to see my sports better, mm-hmm. <laughs> Pl- plain and simple. Well, that, that I'm sport, a simple man yeah. that way. I just want college basketball and the NBA to be better. And I, I'm for opportunity. This is more opportunity for kids that are 18 if they want to go and try to play in the NBA. I
2: don't think it makes the NBA better one way or the other, right? Maybe this, this not. rule, but it allows a, a younger guy who's going to be either taking the G League money you might as well allow him to jump up and go to the draft if you can instead of making him wait a year in the league that he's going to get paid to play in but now it's both
0: but where's he developed the most not at practice
2: headlines next